Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, November 7, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. A spectacular show coming up yeah. for you tonight. Islander legend Bobby Nystrom will be joining us tonight, and I cannot wait. We're also going to get you ready for Isles vs. Wild at 8 o'clock. And we got a special little presentation between us and RJ Daniels coming up later on. So a lot of fun in store. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me as always is Mr. Christian Arnold Christian. How are you? I'm doing good, Shawnee. A lot of exciting things to talk about. Looking forward to speaking with Bobby Nystrom in just a little bit. Of course, uh, our, our surprise presentation that we've been working on yes. behind the scenes with RJ Daniels. And, yes. uh, um, you know, a lot of great Islanders content to talk about as well. Islanders on a bit of a hot streak. Uh, seven, seven games with consecutive points. Five, uh, two, and two, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And the New York Islanders finally coming off a win where you could safely say they looked in return to form. Good things all around, according to Barry Trotz, at 85%. That's right. Which is pretty good. Yeah. It's not 100. It's not 100%. But, but it's close. I think that threshold is, is pretty high for Barry to say that it would be at 100%. I agree. That's I 85% was, was high. I would consider that a high compliment. Yes. But before we dive in, Christian, I want to remind everybody that we are proud to be sponsored and presented by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It is the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HDTVs, and in-game sound. Also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 7 19 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders, and coming soon to UBS Arena. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for all their great offerings. And of course, happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516 856 7800 for three free months of service. And we are thrilled to be once again sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company. They're back on board. The creators of the Barn Rocker Session Ale coming soon to 12 locations at the Islanders brand new arena in UB arena at UBS Arena and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can also visit the tap room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages we got a brand new segment themed around oyster bay brewing company questions brewing so folks out there live in the chat get your questions ready throw them at us we're gonna start answering those later on tonight so christian five two and two seven straight point seven straight game point streak as you said mm -hmm. what do you say ca yeah islanders moving in the right direction again barry trot still think there still thinks there's another level for them to get to but you have to like what you saw out of them against the winnipeg jets a team i understand they were playing on a back-to-back -back, but mm -hmm. certainly a, a very strong effort from the islanders who even at, if that's an 85 percent effort i think 
you take that almost every yeah. night because they played a strong game, a strong shutdown defensive game. You know, the, the Winnipeg Jets are a very high-flying scoring offense that has a lot of offensive talent that can burn you when you get the chance. Yeah. And the Islanders really played that lockdown defensive style that, I you know, if you're not an Islanders fan, you kind of bemoan because it's not as exciting as maybe some of the other hockey you see around the league, but it gets the job done and come to playoffs. That's the style that wins Stanley Cups, and the Islanders are back to that form for the most part on Saturday night against the Winnipeg Jets, a team that, I mean, really has been dominant out there in the, in the Western Conference. Yeah, they're one of the favorites out there out West, and I, I would say that's probably their most complete game of the season. And against a team like them, like you mentioned, that's, that's something to tip your hat to. And Absolutely. hopefully this is the sign of, of the Islanders kind of finding their groove and, you know, really hitting that pace that we're starting to get used to with this Barry Trotz coach team where they start rattling off wins, you know, bagging points, you know, day after day, game after game. So it's a really good sign. You got Sorokin who's really settling in between the pipes. He's been outstanding, picked up another shutout. I mean, the guy could have five or six right now if they might have just shored a couple things up at the end of some third periods over the course yeah. of this time. So he's been absolutely fantastic. He he brings up that more intriguing debate between himself and Semyon Varlamov and who's going to get what start, how many. I think we'll, we're, we're going to see Varlamov finally get, it, get to debut tonight due to the back-to-backs. So that'll be fun to watch. Interesting to see how much rust he has to shake off, if any at all. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some rust. I mean, he hasn't yeah. played since what? What was it? June that the the, the Islanders were the playoffs. It's were been going a few minutes. Um, so it's been it's been a minute, as the kids would say. And, Indeed. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a little bit of rust, but I think the Islanders are in a good place too, where they can kind of withstand that rust right now. You know, you know, you know. At this point, you never know too. Because the Islanders have had some good moments and they've had some bad moments, even with the the kind of elevated play, and they've always relied on their goaltending to bail them out in, in certain situations. Why they had such a struggle there in, in the early couple games is because Sorokin was still working off some of the rust and trying to work out some of the kinks, and you had the Islanders' defense that was still working off some of the rust, I guess, or, or whatever the problem was those first couple games, and then it, things started to to kind of level out a little bit by you know little by little as the seasons progressed, and we saw it kind of elevated to you know, that next step that you'd want to see out of them right right now last night. I think, according to Natural Stat Trick, the, the Winnipeg Jets had only six high-danger chances against the Islanders um, compared to the 15 that the Islanders generated five-on-five uh, five over the course of the game. Um, and that's a, it's a good thing to see. You see the Islanders playing that much more lockdown style. And, and even... Shawnee, you and I were watching the game a little bit last night together. Even even for a guy like Zdeno Chara, who's been sort of the the punching bag for a lot of Islander fans mm-hmm. and, and taking a lot of always got to be one. I mean, I, I, it's been it's been deservedly so for the for the first couple games. I mean, I think his game has gotten a little bit better. But you know, you know, you watch him even last night. There was a couple moments where he he got blown right by and got spun around. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, it was not what you wanted to see. But even with that, withstanding, you know. It's not a high bar to set, but you know he didn't cost him a game. He didn't cost him a goal at that at that point. So I mean, even things have have moved in the right direction for a guy like Chara, who's also struggled still uh, through the first couple games, and then you know we're eight nine games into the season now, and he's he's still kind of working the working whatever out it needs to be worked out. He's working out, but uh, everyone seems to be moving in the right direction. Yes. The explosion from Brock Nelson in the second line over the last couple games. You know, you've seen Anders Lee finally get on the board. Um, you're seeing that top line start to generate more offense after maybe an so-so game in Montreal the, the previous 
um, game on Thursday. Mm. The fourth line's kind of come back alive. The third line has been yep. consistent. And yeah. even when it's not putting up points, they are generating scoring chances. Absolutely. And maybe it's been their best, the Islanders' best line, most consistent line yes, at the very least. that I agree through with. Through the first nine mm-hmm. games. And, and that's something that you want to see. Zach Parisi having a couple scoring chances. Oliver Wallstrom finding the back of that. I mean, these are all positives that the Islanders are doing over the last couple of games. And they're moving from where things were almost, you know, people were hitting the panic button and freaking out <laughs> to, yeah. um, right. to much closer to what we saw the Islanders playing at, at, at consistently playing at during last season and obviously during the playoffs. Right, and and when they've gone on those runs, those long point streaks or win streaks, I usually start using the term well-oiled machine. And I feel like last night's game was the first sign of that well-oiled machine that we've gotten used to over the last few years. So if they can continue play like we saw last night, we're probably going to see plenty more points coming up on the board. They have another tough test tonight against Minnesota. They're another one of those upper echelon teams out west in the Midwest, and that's going to be a test. for them. It's also going to be interesting for Zach Parise. Obviously, it's going to be an emotional return for him going back to the city he played in for so long. They bought him out. Everybody knows the story there, so definitely we'll be keeping an eye on him. But it's another test, but this is a team that's a veteran team now, a very veteran team at this point that they, they know what this stuff is all about now, and they're prepared for games like this, and, and they do great on back-to-back. So I give them a great chance of winning tonight. You got, you're going to have Varlamov in there again. We'll see how he performs. But like you said, everything's moving in a positive direction. Uh, I'm glad that you brought up Chara before because I did want to speak about him. And, yeah, I agree. I think there so has been... those in the chat, but it doesn't seem to be positive. Well, look... <laughs> I agree in the sense that he has looked better, but, you know, how much has the needle moved, right? Right. Well, I mean, I was using your words. Those were what I said was the the extent of what you had said to me last night. And Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I added, you know, it's not a high bar, but he has been, you know, he's not costing them games. And I think that's a bit of a step in the right direction where even last, you know, early in the the first couple games, you've kind of seen him on the ice for some, some, from, from, big moments against the Islanders and not mm-hmm. necessarily what you'd want. So that's kind of why I brought that up because I, I, I think that's somewhat correct in, in saying that, yeah, and you know, if, he's gotten, he's gotten better to a point, but I'm not saying he's, he's turned a turn a new leaf from what we've been seeing. It's yeah. just the mistakes aren't the mistakes that were happening. Don't necessarily seem to be happening as much. And, and maybe the Islanders are, are figuring out a way to, to make up for when those mistakes happen. Also helps. that he doesn't have no Dobson next to him at this point. Dobson is someone that needs to be, around someone a little bit more reliable like an Andy Green like we had seen in the past who can kind of, when Dobson makes his mistake, you know, Andy Green has the veteran experience mm. and a little bit more skating. I don't think you would ever, uh, skate, <laughs> right. you know, skill set in that area. I don't think you'd ever really say For that. 38 Andy to Green. think yeah. about saying that about Andy Green, but that's mm. kind of become the circumstances around it when it compared to the ways that Dano Char has played. Yeah, well, it ties into the speculation that we had previously. I think it was on last week's show where we were kind of wondering, is it his age? Is he just kind of this is who he's going to be now, or is he still acclimating himself to the system? And Barry Trotz himself said, give him, give him some time. We don't expect him to put numbers on the board. We just expect him to play defense and the penalty kill, essentially. Keep pucks away from the net. And that aspect of his game has improved. Is it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, top D pairing worthy? Right, no, of right, course right. not. But it's gotten better, and maybe this is kind of part of the plan that we've specu- speculated about as well. Whereas, look, if they can go on seven-game point streaks with five wins involved... You know, this could spell the team until Lou is ready to make a deal to get somebody who's ultimately going to take those minutes 
and you know play that role that maybe everybody's kind of hoping for a, a puck moving guy. There's this guy who, uh, who plays in Detroit, Nick Letty, who's pretty good. I've heard he, of. He's him. got some wheels. Well, it's yeah. funny. It's funny now for all the because because we wrote about it on, on MYI Hockey now or last week we we kind of examined what you know the Islanders have really been missing with Nick Letty. Considering it's it's kind of funny to look back on it and all the com- mm-hmm. all the complaining that was done about Nick Letty last year. Again, rightfully so. He did not play great defensively, but the skill set that you do lose with a Nick Letty, and it's something that just you can't teach to another player is his his speed mm-hmm. um, and his ability to kind of play that transition game so well. And, that, and that's a tough asset to, to bring back in. And the Islanders didn't do the job they needed to, or the, you know they couldn't come up with the the assets needed to bring someone in like that. Regardless, whatever the case is, they didn't replace Nick Letty, and they're kind of feeling that right now. Yes, but. They are winning despite that. Yes. And if they can keep that up, it puts a little less pressure on Lou Lamarillo to make a move, maybe a knee-jerk reaction to make sure that they're collecting the points to get themselves into the playoffs. Absolutely. No, I agree. Uh, we just want to remind our viewers this week, of course, with the addition of Oyster Bay Brewery back onto our lovely list of sponsors, we were introducing brew- questions brewing. Questions brewing. So we're inviting everyone to get their questions in now early so we can get to them later on in the show. Shawnee and I will take our best crack at answering all your Islanders-related questions whether it be ubs arena related to the product on the ice we're happy to answer any and all questions that you have so feel free to start jumping in the chat or tweet us at uh, at hockey night ny on twitter as well no doubt about it and folks it's that time to take a break we're going to have islander legend bobby nystrom joining us in just a few minutes and we'd like you to sit back and enjoy if you're watching us live on twitch.tv slash hockey night ny the brand new collaboration between Hockey Night New York, RJ Daniels, it might look a little familiar. We hope you enjoy it. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late-night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another 
another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night. And why it is time for On the Line, brought to you by Thai Technology. And joining us right now, Islander legend, Bobby Nystrom. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're really excited to have you. How are you tonight? Thank you. Welcome. You know what? Not complaining at all. That's for sure. Everything is going great. Uh, you know, just finished playing a little pickleball. And uh, no, life is good. Life is good. Love to hear it, Mr. Nystrom. Thank you so much. So let's get started here. And I wanted to ask you about the current team is experiencing a sort of renaissance here in recent years on the ice. And they have a brand new arena opening up in just under two weeks. What does that mean to you as somebody who was here during the franchise's pinnacle? Well, you, you know, I mean, from my standpoint, it's, it's so interesting because I came down here in, in 72 to sign a contract and the, the Coliseum was just being finished. So uh, these players are going to be experiencing the same thing that I had when I moved or when I came down here and saw the Nassau Coliseum. But from what I understand, this new building is just unbelievable. So I think that they're going to enjoy it. It's kind of tough right now in the fact that they're they're on the road for so long, but uh, I think they'll make up for it when they come back to, to New York. I agree with you, Bob. And what sort of parallels can you draw from the current version of the Isles and your time with the team? Maybe when you look at Bill Torrey, Al Arbor, and now Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz. Is there anything you see out of this team now that maybe reminds you of your time during the dynasty years? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things that remind me of our our team and our, you know, championships and things like that. Uh, you know, I, I just really like this team. And, you know, it's so interesting because in 79, we uh, lost to the Rangers and I thought that they were going to break the Islanders up. But this team has added a couple of players. Uh, Lou Lamorello has just done a wonderful job. And, you know, I, I know Barry, and, and they, they have a, a way of selecting players with a lot of grit and, and a lot of pride, and, and you know, they've, they've really set, set a pretty good team together here. Bobby, this is Christian. Really do appreciate you joining us this evening and, and taking some time. I wanted to ask you about Josh Bailey. Obviously, he surpassed you on the Islanders' all-time uh, scoring list, and I just wanted to get your reaction to uh, that moment and kind of what it meant to see you know a current Islander break that break that record that you had. Yeah, I, I, I sent him a real nasty <laughs> message. I said, how could you do that to me? You know, the interesting thing is I didn't even know I was number 10 on the scoring list. I, I, I never really, I don't know why. I, I just didn't know. And, uh, you know, like Josh has always been one of my favorite guys. He's a, He's an unsung hero. He's very quiet and doesn't get a lot of press. But you know what? He does a job out there, and, and as we saw last year, he really contributed big time to the uh, playoff run. 
Bobby, it's it's funny you say that. Josh obviously has been such a, a bit of a lightning rod for for current Islander fans and um, kind of every, everything that's happened with him over the course of his career in, in Blue and Orange. What about him kind of makes him stand out to you uh, as one of your favorite players on the, on the current roster? Well, no, it's it's just the way that he plays. You know, like I mean, he, he he's not you know Barzell. He doesn't have that kind of flash, but. Let me tell you what, this kid's got some talent. I mean, he really does. He controls the puck well, he shoots well, and needless to say, he skates really well. But, you know, like, he just doesn't get the attention that a lot of other players do. And, you know, hey, listen, he's satisfied with that. He just goes out day in, day out, and does the job. No doubt about it, Bobby. And... I guess when you learn about that sort of milestone of yours getting passed, I mean, after so much time, does that kind of make you sit back and think about, like, the fact that it took that long for somebody to get to that point? I mean, you established those numbers such a long time ago, and the franchise has been around for a while, and, you know, does it make you think, wow, I, you know, look at all, all I accomplished with this team, the, the four Stanley Cups and everything, and to be top 10 in points for this team so long, I mean, does it, does it make you think about just, you know, everything you did as a player for this team? Yeah, no, he, he, you know, when they announced that he was passing me, I, I kind of thought back a little bit, and I, I, I was kind of surprised, as I said, you know, that I was number 10. Uh, but, you know, like, I think more about the team. Uh, you know, I had such a great group of teammates, and, you know, I always say when I scored the Stanley Cup winning goal, it was my way to, to repay, you know, the guys on the team for what they did in order to get us there. And, you know, like a lot of guys like Lauren Henning, who assisted on the goal, and Billy Carroll and guys like that, they don't get the recognition. And Josh is like that. And, and the fact of the matter is, he's uh, he's a big part of this hockey club. But I, I did, I definitely reminisced a little bit when that uh, note came out. I, I thought about the guys and I thought about what we accomplished as a team. Talking with Bobby Nystrom, New York Islanders legend and alumni here on the line, brought to you by Thai Technology. And, and Bob, obviously, you, we're kind of reminiscing now back on, on the 80s and, and your playing time. Obviously, everyone knows the stories about the Stanley Cups and um, you know everything that kind of went into it. But when you look back at your time um, away from sort of those, those big moments that you had in, in the playoffs and in, in the Stanley Cup finals and everything, what is, what is one memory that sort of stands out in your mind that, that maybe – wouldn't for other people, uh, considering the magnitude of the, the teams you played on, but what was one memory that stood out in your mind um, that, you know, had, had some major significance to you? Well, one of the negative things that, that kind of made me think about, you know, the playoffs and things like that is that, you know, I led the team in scoring the one year and, and you know, I got into the playoffs and I, 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 I played like horseshit, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like that, that was a time where, you know, I had an opportunity to go, you know, two ways. You know, I could just, you know, sit back and 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 be upset about it, or, or I just had to move forward. And um, it, it was a really trying time for me, and I felt that I really let the team down. But, you know, when Al Arbor came in and, and he stressed the fact that you, you can't fear losing. If you did your best, then that's all you can do. And he always said, if you're, uh, who would you rather be? The guy that's sitting on his heels, you know, uh, worrying about making a mistake or the guy on his toes and skating and as fast as he can in order to score the winning goal. And 
that that's the kind of attitude that he brought to the team. And I think that that really helped me a lot after that, that playoff. That's great stuff, Bobby. And I would imagine that the first one was probably the sweetest. But have you ever ranked the four <laughs> Stanley Cup victories? Have you ever thought to yourself, well, this one meant a lot because for this reason or this one? Did you ever kind of put them in order of, I guess, um, just how special they were to you? Well, let me, do, let me add, answer the, the fact that I was really aggravated after the first one <laughs> because I, everyone was interviewing me and I didn't get a chance to touch the Stanley Cup. <laughs> wow wow so i was on the ice and everyone was all over me and and uh, i wasn't able to carry the puck you know the the, the cup around the, the the rink which really upset me but i'm yeah. going to tell you my favorite one though is uh the fourth cup and um you know we were playing edmonton at the time and we were coming down in the fourth game and we're leading by a goal and they're putting the pressure on big time right and and so Johnny Tonelli and I and, and Merrick start breaking out and, and Kenny Moore is carrying the puck down the ice towards the Edmonton end. And we're just screaming at us as loud as we could. We're going for the empty net. And so Kenny just skated calmly over the red line and put it in the net. And when we went back to congratulate him, and, and he hardly ever talked, he, he said to the, the, all of us, he says, I love you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so that's the kind of spirit we had. And, and you know what? Uh, it was just uh, a magical moment because we do really care. We did really care for all the guys on the team. Everyone you know, liked everybody. And it was just a really, really great team. That's awesome, Bobby. And let me ask you, you came so close to getting that fifth one. You obviously you ran into the Wayne Gretzky's Edmonton Oilers and, and fell short of the fifth. Now, was was the anguish of, of missing out on that one equal to, to how much joy you felt of the, fir- of the fourth one? Or did you maybe say to yourselves, you know what, we won four in a row, we're, we're okay passing the baton? Or, or were you pissed? Were you upset that you lost? Oh, no, we were definitely pissed. You know, there, there's not a game that you, you lose that uh, – right you're not upset about but that one you know we we had uh, and i'm not making excuses but we had a lot of injuries and a lot of guys that were definitely hurting and plus we had played four long seasons and needless to say it takes a lot out of you yeah yeah we 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 wanted to win the fifth one there's no question about it but we we just ran out of gas Talking with Bobby Nystrom, New York Islanders legend and alumni here on the line brought to you by Thai Technology and and Bobby, now obviously looking towards the future here, and, and we're only, it's crazy to imagine, but we're just under two weeks away from the opening of UBS Arena here on Long Island. Uh, I have to ask, do you, do you plan to be on in the building on November 20th? Oh, I definitely do. Yes. I've got my uh, flight set up, and I'm, I'm ready to go because, uh, you know, we had a chance where we did a uh, Zoom call, and, and there was 202 alumni on it. And they gave us a tour of the new building. Oh, my God. I mean, is there anything it doesn't have? <laughs> They've got a shooting room. they got massage parlors. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. How does that compare to, to the Coliseum when you, when you, when you, because you were there when it was first built and, and brand new? How does that compare to the, the NASA Coliseum at, at its peak? <laughs> well, I, I, I had never been in a building that big. I mean, I, I, I was absolutely amazed. I mean, I played in the Western Canada Hockey League, and they still had the uh, wire around the, the boards. <laughs> but, no, it, it's going to be great. 
you know, from what I understand, uh, they, they really took a look around the world for, for the best items from each and every building. And, and when I was there, you know, like, I mean, the, you know, the steel was just going up. So, but they, they, they've got everything. And I just hope that, uh, you know, they, they can get off, um, you know, like, I mean, there's probably going to be some kinks and hopefully it's not going to be too bad. Well, Bobby, it's great to hear that you're going to be there on November 20th. That's fantastic. And I wouldn't miss it. I love it. And and just to tie into that, obviously, this has kind of come under the new ownership, John Ledecky and Scott Malkin. And they've definitely been public about their outreach to the alumni of the team, and and kind of they've they've had alumni nights now. I think every year since they've taken over, and they've really, you know, gone to great lengths to I guess bring the Islander family back. And I figured I'd just ask you: Have you developed a good personal relationship with the new owners, and and with them welcoming you back to the franchise as well? Oh, definitely. You know, I, I mean, we saw such a major change. You know, when they 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 took over, you know, they they put their arms around the alumni. They, they really have treated us incredibly nice. They, they brought us up to the suites and free tickets. And I mean, it was just absolutely amazing. And now they've got a newsletter to, to all the guys and they keep us posted uh, with what's going on and things like that. So no, Scott, and I mean, it's, he, he's an unbelievable guy. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly think that both of them are, are, are just absolutely amazing when it comes to dealing with the, uh, with the alumni. That's great to hear, Bobby. And we really appreciate your time here tonight. So before we let you go, there's uh, a little segment we do at the end of each guest spot. It's called The Random Question. This one's going to be an easy one for you. But we wanted to throw one at you before we let you go. And what I wanted to know was, what was the biggest challenge going from the ice to the broadcast booth on the radio after you were done with your Islander career? Oh, it was very easy. All I said was, what a game. What a game. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know, well, they told me I had a face for, you know, radio. So, <laughs> but seriously, I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, after a few years, I, I did want to stay home you know i didn't want to travel i mean you know you know how hectic uh, the road is and traveling and airports and everything like that so but i, I really had a good time I, I work with barry landers and uh i mean he's just a wonderful guy and he could talk the <laughs> paint off a door <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know i really i really enjoyed it but you know the, the one thing i do have to tell you guys is that you know, I, I was I was assistant coach for a while, and I had to take myself away from that because I was just so critical. You know, like hockey isn't perfect. There's no one that's perfect, and people make mistakes. And uh, I was just so critical that I, I felt that I just had to pull myself away. And being at the games, doing the radio, you know, at least I kept in touch. Bobby, that's great stuff. And, and once again, we cannot thank you enough for giving us your time here tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, it was amazing. Well, thanks for taking me on early. I, 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 I appreciate that, but I didn't realize that relatives were coming into town. <laughs> Bobby, don't worry about it at all. The fact that we got you at all is, is just fantastic. We really appreciate it. So enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, we'll see yeah. you at UBS Arena, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon down the road. You know what? That sounds fantastic. Thanks a lot, guys. You got it, Bobby. All right, take care. Okay. Ladies Bye-bye. and gentlemen, that was Islander legend. Bobby Nystrom, giving us some time here yeah. on Hockey Night in New York. What a pleasure. Fantastic Great stories. Fantastic yes. stories. Yes. 
Yes. They're Josh always, Bailey, his favorite player on the on the roster. Didn't know that. <laughs> Learned something new. Yes, it's nice to get a nice little new nugget from yeah. you know some some conversation with an Islander legend. So yeah, that was great. Absolute pleasure to have him on the show. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, really and great stuff. Great to hear he's going to be in the building on the twentieth. I have a feeling there will be a lot of Islanders alumni uh, showing up to UBS Arena yeah. on, on, on November twentieth from from the Dynasty guys. And I, I mean the, the John Ledecky and Scott Malkin have done such a tremendous job about bringing back anyone that's really worn a New York Islanders jersey from, you know, guys who worn one for, for a game or two to, you know, guys who played their entire careers there. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of alumni in the building that not that night, not only from the dynasty era, but I could easily imagine seeing guys from those late 90s, early 2000 teams that, that saw and did a lot to, to kind of build the foundation for what the New York Islanders were and, and kind of keep them somewhat rooted still on Long Island for, you know, by their effort and, um, you know, some of those guys that were on, on those teams and especially the early 2000s that kind of turned the franchise around a little bit before right. um, the chaos returned. Yeah, maybe that's our first little tease of, of what's to come on the 20th. I mean, you got to figure that, I mean, they're going to go all out for that night. Open oh, that new 100%. Building. I mean, it's 100%. probably, we don't even know what to expect. I mean, they haven't really said much about what they're going to be doing, right? No, they haven't. I yeah. mean, we've gotten bits and pieces. I think I think their focus has fu- fully been on, sorry, I was putting the water bottle down. That's okay. I think the focus has fully <laughs> been on just trying to get the building built and ready to go for yes. November 20th. Yes. Um, you know, you were there a couple of weeks ago. Yes. We talked about that on the mm-hmm. show. I've seen photos from more recent visits and, and things seem to be moving along and yeah. showing showing them to you and, and even you who had been there recently. Yeah. Like, wow, this wasn't there or that Correct. wasn't there. And so, yeah. you know, it, it, you know, for all the concern and obviously there was the video this week, this past week of, of the of the um, the flooding or whatever happened. Oh, right. Which, right, which right. kind of caught some people and, and, and created a little bit of a uh, a kerfuffle among some of the, you know, faithful on, on Twitter. Um, but, you know, I think everything will be ready to go as far as what will be needed to go. I'm sure I'm sure at the end of the day there'll be some parts of the concession stands or certain amenities that won't be 100% up and ready, but mm-hmm. the basis will be there. I, I think the most intriguing thing will be to see how parking works out for those first couple games and um, the situation there with some of the, the, the parking structures that are being built or mm-hmm. are not haven't been built yet or will be built. So um, there will be there will be kinks to work out for sure. Much like yeah. you know, in the start of their season, there will be some <laughs> right. there will be some kinks to right. work out. But it will absolutely be a phenomenal building, and I think uh, I think November twentieth can't get here soon enough for for a lot of people, myself included, who's watched a lot of these games from afar. Being the team being on the road, right? Um, except for the the trip to Florida that I had, so it'll be exciting to be back in in building and to see the team play live and in person and, and just to see a a, a completed product uh, after hearing so much about UBS Arena and, and what to expect from it all, all these uh these couple of years now. Yeah, it's crazy to think that it's less than 2 weeks. It's really kind of snuck up on us a bit and and like I've said previously, it's going to be surreal walking into that place with you know, just how amazing it's going to be just in, in the tour like I said last week, like it's just it's going to be incredible. And, and yeah, they're working around the clock because those yeah. pictures you did show me, there was some, you know, even tiling up in the walls and stuff yeah. like that that wasn't there before. I, I want to point out, because I see some people mentioning the, the, the flooding and, and all that. It, it, from what I've been told, A, it, was, it happened a few days before that video was even posted and it was fully cleaned up by the time that that video went out there. Um, and two, apparently that's something that's somewhat common under construction circumstances, especially considering the, the change in temperatures we've had over the last few weeks going from where things were in the 50s and, and even 60s at some point to 
30s and 40s on some days so apparently that's that's par for the course but yeah that's the sort um, of thing that can happen look you got a pipe maybe somebody's moving some other equipment that they're installing somewhere yeah. else and they hit the pipe they hit the valve they hit the the fitting and then all of a sudden there's water all over the place you know right so stuff I, like that can I, happen so i mean better I, now than later right but I, I don't even think it was something it was it was something that someone put up and i don't necessarily know if that i mean it's because you know it is what it is but um, I, I think that's something that if we weren't in an age where there was instant technology to share that, and, and it was intriguing that that video got passed around allegedly days after that incident actually occurred was, yeah. was kind of fascinating to me. But regardless, um, at the end it of the is day, what it is, they're yeah. not canceling the building. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not, still happening. It's not canceled. A little, little extra cleanup, you know, as, uh, let's see, Mike4652 well, Co. points out, they were just washing the stairs. I, I appreciated the, the, uh, the, for the first time comment from our, our news center. Uh, Rugsy, new listener, new viewer to the show, uh, where he said, you mean the ringside pool? Ringside pool? Which would be kind of dope if that was there. That would be dope, Christian, <laughs> during the spring and perhaps early summer yes. months for a deep playoff run. They're going to have a huge screen next to the building, too, in between the the racetrack and the arena. Oh, and that's grassy area. Actually, right? well, right now it's kind of concrete, but actually what the plan is, what I learned on the tour, which I didn't mention last week, is that for road games... They're going to set up viewing parties right outside the arena with this huge screen. I think that's, again, fen a phenomenon. I mean, it might be tough in December, January. but I don't know if it's going to be every game. Probably I don't know how they're going to plan that out. I, I'm not, but, but they do have plans to have viewing parties outside the arena. And the screen, like I said, is gigantic. And it's this nice little area between, again, the, the racetrack and the arena. I'm sure they'll you know set up some seating and, yeah. and whatnot. Amenities will probably have some, perhaps some you know food. That'll be great on Belmont. Uh, carts and stuff like that. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, imagine going there like on a spring Saturday and there's a 7 o'clock game and you got the horses going you know, during right. the day. You can really make a day out of it. I mean, I, I've never been to the racetrack, but I'm sure that's, that's a good time. You know, Just plan your full day at Belmont. Eventually, the hotel is going to be there. You're going to have the retail village. Yeah. As I said last week, the parking garage isn't going up until March. But it's going to be wild just having all this... All these amenities and yeah. all these brand new, you know, gizmos and gadgets. Yeah, just happening, and it's all going to be tied into the Islanders. I believe there's a massive screen that's going to greet you when you walk into UBS Arena. Like they got screens everywhere, but like I don't, they they really didn't leave anything out. They thought of everything. Yeah, which is great. By the way, just want to remind everybody we are taking questions later yes. in the show for questions brewing. Our new segment brought to you by our our new friends, our new old friends, old new friends, however you want to phrase it. Yes. Uh, Oyster Bay Brewing Company. Yeah, buddy. Jumping on the hockey night in New York bandwagon. Uh, and we will be uh, taking your questions later on in the show. So feel free to throw them in the chat right now or later as we do get to them as well. But we're happy to take any and all questions, again, related to UBS Arena, the Islanders product on the ice. Even tonight's game coming up against the Minnesota Wild, Zach Parisi's return to Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, and <laughs> the return <laughs> nice. of, of Semyon Verlamov. Yes, and as Mike M. O'Brien 1195 points out, food and beer trucks too will be there for those those viewing parties. Uh, Mike Mike M. O'Brien from uh, R. J. Daniels. I'm pretty sure that's oh. our pal from R. J. Daniels. Yeah, we got yeah. yelled at apparently. Not thanks for, for not, chiming in. But yes, for not acknowledging, not acknowledging his, comments his comments last, last, last week. And and buddy, I mean, how nice is it? Blue Line Deli and Oyster Bay Brewing Company both going to be in UBS. You're going to have taps in at least 12 locations for Oyster Bay, and you're going to have Blue Line Deli, front and center, serving you the delicious sandwiches and bagels that you've come to know and love Yeah, over in Huntington. 
I'm going to be really mad if the Hockey Night in New York is not on the menu at UBS Arena. Yeah, we got to talk service. to Donnie about that. I mean, we, I mean, look, it's going to be a condensed menu. It's going to be kind right, of whittled should, down from it, the main one. So top four. It's a, it's top a top four, four sandwich. Yeah, I think so. I hope, I hope so. But, I mean, but people yeah, do order it. The new, <laughs> the new building will be exciting, and obviously the product on the ice, uh, considering the turn uh, in, in the Islanders' fortunes lately too, will be exciting nonetheless when they get there. Uh, to November 20th at UBS Arena against the Calgary Flames. Uh, the long-awaited opening of the Islanders' state-of-the-art venue, which the Islanders Can't wait. have not had Can't wait. since 1972 when the Nassau Coliseum it's opened. been a bit of time. Just a bit. Yeah. 50, almost 50 years. Yes. Goodness gracious. It finally happened. It's finally happening. Happening. Well, yes. the, I mean, the Islanders did have a state-of-the-art arena briefly when they were in Brooklyn. That was a newer arena. A uh, very imperfect state-of-the-art yeah, of was imperfect, arena. But, but, but yes, it, was, it did have new amenities. It yeah. did look a little nicer. The paint was still on the walls. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, there was no leaky pipes in the, you know, in the ceiling or anything like that. So, yes, in that regard. But now this one is built for hockey. What is it? Built for hockey, made for music, or the yeah, vice versa? That's like the that. tagline. Yeah. Right? And. Yeah, they got some big concerts coming up over there. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Hockey Village, man. Yeah. Hockey Village. The stable, as people starting to call it. Good old stable. So, speaking of November, Christian, why don't we talk about... Brovember? Brovember. Brock Nelson, four goals against the Montreal Canadiens. What did Butch say on the broadcast the other night? <laughs> he said Brock November Nelson, I think. Yes. Yes, he did. We can go with that, too. But uh, And some people say Brocktober. No, sorry, sorry. It's not Brockvember. Brockvember. Oh, okay. Which I don't think really rolls off no, the tongue. No, well. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Brovember train. I'm staying on that one. But yeah, man, four goals against the Habs. Got another one last night against the Jets. Dude's rolling. Yeah, you've seen uh, again. You've seen a real turnaround in that second line. We were talking about it earlier. How they've really come to form, and and it's been since the adjustment there between moving Josh Bailey up to the top line and moving Kyle, Kyle Palmieri down to the, the second line, and, and that's really worked well. You've seen the, the chemistry. Palmieri is a guy that, again, fits the Islanders' mold, and that has always been sort of that utility guy. Um, he can play mm -hmm. top the you know top nine, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, minutes, top nine role. There's a lot of guys in the top nine right. that can play top nine. No, but what I'm saying is he, he, there are certain guys where you move them down to a third-line role, and it, they may not be able to adjust as well, or um, it, it might be a little bit difficult for him. Palmieri is a guy that's shown The only two guys that are – I don't mean to interrupt you, but the no, only no, two guys fine. you're not throwing on the third line are Anders and Barzell. Yeah. I feel like, well, Brock is gonna, always going to be your second-line center. Ah, so there's three guys. So okay. you All right, your own all right. I, I made an amendment on the fly there. But, yeah, Anders, Barzell, and Nelson are probably guys – and, you know, there may be more. But for the, for the most part, those guys are going to be cemented in the top six. But you have so many other guys, depending on who's going, who's not, Bo, Palmieri, Parise even – uh, Wall Street. Well, Parisi, you can, I would, you can interchange I all those guys. I know, but I wouldn't. I would consider Parisi. I don't know if I would consider Pajot. Parisi above a third line forward. Not ideally, but if you had he to, could, but, if he, but if, I don't know if it'd let's be say Bo goes down for a couple of days. I don't think it would be as successful. You put you would put an Oliver Wallstrom somewhere there, or you'd you put a Kiefer Bellows in there. That's what the Islanders did before when he went down. That's too. true. That's um, true. Kiefer Bellows came in and, and played those those minutes and those roles. Top line. November. Sorry. <laughs> I saw that. I was going to try and get to it, but well we done, Black Quinn. Conversation. Nice, nice job. But yeah, but that's that's the thing. I don't. You know, you're saying there's a lot of top nine guys, but I don't necessarily know if that's true. Um, Josh Bailey, I consider a top nine guy. Um, 
And when we say top nine guy, I guess you could say like he more of that. He he's a utility. He's a utility yeah. player. He's that 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 guy that you can stick in any aspect of the lineup and be successful. And I, I don't know. There is, are certain guys that can't do it. But but where I'm going with that is you got me way <laughs> off topic trying to make my point here was that Paul Mary has done a tremendous job going down to the second line and fitting in well yes, with Brock, Brock Nelson yes. and. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier, both of those guys have really turned a corner, and I think that's been just to kind of the the change in pace of of having someone else on their wing instead of um, the Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson, Anthony Beauvillier combination that we've seen for so long. And that's not to say that Bailey didn't do well on that line in the past, but at a certain point, sometimes thing be, things become stale. Um, yeah. Things become to a point where there needs to be a little bit of shakeup. There needs to be a little bit of change. And you've seen that that change has worked for the second line. Brock, Brock Nelson, I, 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 I want to just call him Brocktober now and, and Brovember, but Brock Nelson has been, um, has, has transformed his game immensely. And yeah, obviously over great. the course of, of his time under mm-hmm. Barry Trotz, but especially since the way the season started when the Islanders, that second line between Beauvillier and Nelson, they, I think they only had two combined points over the first four games. And... Now to where Brock Nelson has seven goals, he has what was it five in the last two games or something like that, mm-hmm. and Anthony Beauvillier, is, you know, he's come alive too. Three points in that Brock Nelson uh, four ga- four goal game in in Montreal on Thursday. Um, you know, he's someone else who's really elevated his game, and I everybody's here, man. Yeah, Donnie Bagels, we got Thai Technology in the house. R.J. Daniels, I love it. Um, everybody's hanging out. Um. Totally lost my train of thought. There. I know you got surprised. How <laughs> <laughs> not you were smirking? I didn't know what you were looking no, at. That's what I was working at. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that it, it's really just kind of helped those guys come alive and, and refine refine their game and and, and kind of get back to the level that they need to be need to be playing at. And, and it's interesting too, Anthony Beauvillier, a guy who's always kind of had these expectations on him um, because he's had a lot of success at, at certain times, but it's never been as consistent as it always need needed to be or needs mm-hmm. to be and it's funny you know barry trotz was kind of asked about it i think it was ahead of the the thursday game or or maybe it was ahead of saturday's game i can't remember which one but basically he was asked kind of what the expectations were for for beauvillier and you know he said that's when he said you know i expect him to have a breakout year this year and um he's certainly sort starting to trend in that direction the last couple games and that's something that's beneficial to the islanders too and when you look at the way the changes have also worked out for that top line they've started to get going more they're becoming a more mm-hmm. consistent presence in the offensive zone and josh bailey with some incredible plays the other game i know we've talked a lot about josh bailey the last couple of weeks yeah um but josh bailey you, you saw he's a hot of, topic you saw the hockey IQ that he has, and then the mm-hmm. playmaking ability that he has with, with that goal that he set up for Anders Lee, mm-hmm. and then there was another scoring chance that he set up. I forget if it was later on in the in the first period or the second period against Winnipeg, where it was almost a similar play from behind the net or the side of the net uh, to the front of that, where with a scoring opportunity. That one didn't convert, but uh, again, just kind of the the vision that he has sometimes on the ice certainly goes well beyond what people want to give him credit for. I think Arthur Staple did a good job breaking it down last week, just saying that sometimes he makes these very subtle, smart plays that can end up really benefiting the team, you right. know, with a little setup, a nice little flow pass, whatever it is. But as he said, sometimes when those plays don't work out, it looks like he's kind of just, you know, right. You know, uh, he's not packing it in. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, which we know someone who said that before about about Josh. Is that right? Who? Yeah. Who? Who are you talking I about? Who that is? Yeah. Who is we, that? We know someone who said something. Yeah. Similar. Somebody who makes. Ironically enough, <laughs> ironically enough, it was it was I think it was right after Arthur was on the on the show, which leads me to believe he wasn't listening to the live show at that moment. Well, you know, he's a busy guy. You know, it happens sometimes. 
It Busy happens. guy or gal, we're not saying but, who it is. But the bottom line, to surmise all of that that we just kind of threw out there, the team is deep. We've said it before, and they got guys right now that are that are contributing up, down, left, and right. It took a little while. It took those first couple of games. Even through getting some points in the early going, we, we definitely still saw some chinks in the armor and that they weren't playing to their fullest potential. But they're getting closer and closer by the game. Hopefully that continues to build. And maybe Barry Trotz will give them a 97% <laughs> in a couple of games. Listen, 85% was, was – I mean, that was my sweet spot in school. 85 on Is a that test right? or something. I mean, yeah, a little you know, B plus? I'd, go, I'd be happy with that any day of the week. So, But, yeah, right. no, but the Islanders are, are going for 100%. They're going for that, that – a-plus grade. And, sure. Um, you know, Barry Trotz, again, we talked about it at length at the start of the show. There's there's another, le- another level that the Islanders have, and um, he sees it. He sees it's there. I think we've seen it, too, during the postseason and some of the more successful games that they've played during the regular season. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's just getting to that point of consistency and, and the detail. Because I did – one of the things I, I always find it interesting is, is there's always, like – there's always these phrases that coaches and players talk about or these kind of um, blanket statements that they make um, that seem always seem very straightforward but can mean different things to different people. And, and so I, I did ask Barry Trotz before yesterday's game. I, I was curious to know what his his definition of, of that next level looked like and what the play on the ice and the, and the team would look like when they hit that next level. And it was really about the details and the consistency in the game. And he talked about, and you can kind of see it when you, when you think back to what he said and um, kind of how he phrased everything. And, w- and when you look back at the way the Islanders have played through the first eight, nine games, you can see what he means when he talks about the consistency not being there, the little details not being there and being off at times, and how that adds more trust and more speed to their game. Because when you're doing the little things right, when you're, when you're forechecking well, when you're, um, you know, you're creating those opportunities, that transition game from the from the defensive zone to the offensive zone with the Islanders have truly demonstrated they can do well uh, at different points in the season. When they're doing that, that's when I think Barry Trotz means they're at their 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 next level. And you see it, and you see the smooth scoring chances. You see that lockdown defense. And you saw more of that against against Winnipeg last night. Well, not so much in the even the game before in, in Montreal where they kind of took their foot off the pedal. Yeah, in, in Montreal, Poor and Ilya Sorokin. Yeah, the guy just can't. I mean, he's he has three. As Andrew Gross said to to Barry Trotz a couple mm-hmm. games ago, I mean, Ilya Sorokin might lead the league and should have had shutouts. I mean, if those yes, he does. And if those shutouts are on the board, he's the early favorite for the Vezina. Yeah, and the Calder. Give him all the trophies. <laughs> Give, give him the Art Ross, the too. <laughs> all the trophies. Give him all the... Give him the Maurice Richard, too. Wow. Why not? Have you ever seen the Josh Bailey song play out in text before? No. Well, that's what was just happening uh, in the chat there. A little back and forth. They're all... You know, you see Donnie in there. You see Mel Armenia. You got Mikey in there. Everybody's doing the, doing the lyrics in the Christian Josh Bailey B song. Everybody's having most. a good time. That's fair. I was a B guy at most. I was not a great student <laughs> in school. Let's, let's be abundantly clear, Mike. When, when you get a, a seven-game point streak, I guess that's when you get songs singing in the chat. You know, Apparently. It's good stuff. People are in a good mood. So what do you say we find out what's on tap? How do you feel about that? I feel like that's a great idea. Let's do it. And now it's time for What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, folks. It is time for What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels. Hope you guys caught the little commercial 
at the top of the show, a little 15 minutes in before Bobby Nystrom came in. Uh, a wonderful collaboration between RJ Daniels, Hockey Night in New York. Our pal Harley did a fantastic job, and uh, that's going to be all over social media starting tomorrow on the YouTube, on the Twitter, on the Instagram. We had a lot of fun putting that together, and uh, just uh, great to be a part of this, uh, this family. <laughs> what, what, what do you got there? Play it again. <laughs> Love it. It's going to be all over the place, Ruggsy. Don't worry about it. We're going to have it. Don't you worry. So, Christian, you're our man for what's on tap. Aside from tonight, big game against Minnesota. Let's keep the point streak going. What's on tap for the New York Islanders? Well, the Islanders played the Minnesota Wild tonight. Uh, uh, another big test for the Islanders after playing Winnipeg. These are probably maybe their toughest games in, in the stretch of... Uh, of their road trip when, when it comes to the record, the record wise for some of these teams, obviously uh, when they were out, out West against Vegas and in Montreal, I mean, uh, you know, those are teams that have struggled out of the gate, Montreal, especially uh, they, they've been, they've been your smart game. Keep going, keep going, keep going. It's I not you. It's not I you. I can't when you're doing I know, that. I know. I got to control it. Um, <laughs> you really do. You really do. Um, but obviously, Minnesota is, is a big test. It's an emotional return for Zach Parisi, who's been basically on the cusp of, what seems like every game to getting his first goal as an Islander. He registered his first two points as a member of the New York Islanders against Montreal. Mm -hmm. This will be a very big emotional return to Minnesota. His family's there, right. um, which is interesting. His family, so his family didn't travel to New York mm -hmm. with him. And it's certainly been a, a bit of a task, too, to kind of maintain that that connection that he, he has with his family and his kids and kind of being part of, the, being part of those big moments. So that's something he talked about earlier in the week. And, of course, Semyon Verlamov. Probably returns tonight. <laughs> I mean, I was talking about it as if it was fact. I mean, I don't no, wanna, I mean, I, I'm I mean, always, I'm always hesitant to, yeah. to, to say with, with some, with some certainty when it comes to these situations. But it'll be a big game. The Islanders going for two more points. They want to continue the point streak, and then they have another Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off before they get to New, New Jersey when they play the New Jersey Devils at the Rock. Their first home game, not first home game, their first road game in the area. Really, which right. feels like right. I mean, they obviously played a couple preseason games at the Garden. They were supposed to play a preseason game at the Rock, but that got canceled because the lights wouldn't That's go right. on. And I think That's the biggest right. thing to watch from that game on Thursday, by the time we get to that point, is whether the lights will come on or not at the Prudential Center. I hope the kinks were worked out. It's been it's been a little while since that preseason game. I'm pretty sure New Jersey's had some home, game, home games since then, so I think we're going to be all right. But New Jersey also, you know, a team that you can't take lightly in your division. No. Um, I believe... Two, this will be their second Metropolitan matchup of the season. They played Columbus. Yeah, so this would be the second Metropolitan mm -hmm. divi Division game. And, um, you know, that's always the start of, of the kind of tough task that the Islanders have at hand because the Metropolitan is, is always good. I understand Everyone's that. Everyone's over 500. Yeah. Columbus actually is still, I think they're like, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure some of you guys know, but I think they're like 7-3. and three. Um, yes, they're I mean, still doing all right. Yes, I'm going to look it up right now to correct you if you're wrong. <laughs> you love correcting me when I'm wrong. It doesn't no, no, happen no. often, but I, you love I just, doing it. I just like making sure that the facts we stay, say on the show are I accurate. appreciate you doing the due diligence that's required to, to make this show a cut above. <laughs> 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 Hockey night in New York. Columbus is 7-3, and three, by Look the way. at that, folks. It still works. The old memory oh, still works. Oh, I was works. like, what still works? Your brain? <laughs> the old, I was yes, hoping it still that's works. exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you got all those teams in the Metro doing well. You know, maybe some teams start regressing to the mean as we get further and further into the season, as, as it typically does. 
But it's competitive. Yeah, I mean, this is always one of the toughest divisions in in the entire NHL, and that's why it's always a dogfight to get playoff positioning and playoff spots. So, I mean, these are the games you want to kind of have, even if it's early. I mean, New Jersey is, is five three five three and two through the first ten uh, ten games of the season. Yeah, and so uh, listen, even at five three and two, I mean, they're they're second to the bottom, but they're not really out of it. I mean, they're yeah. what. They have the same number of points the Islanders do when the Islanders are 12, hmm. 15 minus 12. That's three. So three points back of wow. the New York Rangers who are... We're looking good until they went through Alberta. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I've been shocked Connor by the way McDavid, the success man. of My the New York God. Rangers. I know we're getting off topic with it's what's fine. on tap, but um, I mean, Connor McDavid with the phenomenal goal. And then I think the and then I think the Rangers had another highlight real goal against them. Makachuk. Yeah. So Between I mean, the it's, legs. Been a, it's been a brutal to put them games. up six nothing. Yeah, it's been a brutal two ever games since. For the Rangers. I, I thanked him on Twitter actually. Ever since Back Arthur Chuck? Staple oh, Arthur. joined the joined the Rangers beat, it's been an awful go for the Rangers. So next uh, time we have Arthur, on, Tim you to you, Arthur, yeah, appreciate I'm sure that. That was part of the plan, right? Right, yeah. But but the point being is, I mean, these Metropolitan Division games are, are going to be important, especially down the stretch, and, and to kind of get that get their feet under them against a team like New Jersey, which is which has had a good season so far, even even. Um, you know, at five two and five three and two, that's a pretty good record. I keep looking back to make sure I get it right because we're all about accuracy here. All about accuracy here, most of the time. sixty <laughs> percent of the time, we're accurate. One hundred percent of the time, I think is, is pretty much how that nice. works. So, is there anything else after the Devils game, or is that the whole week ahead? That's the whole week ahead because the Islanders then have another three days off before they hit or a two game road trip the following week in Florida. But we will be able Monday, to do another Tuesday. show. Back That's to Sunday at eight o'clock. It yeah. feels like forever since we've done an eight o'clock show on a Sunday. Yes, it's it's much been that like, kind of schedule, much like a home game. Yes, for the New York Islanders. But you know what else it's is like coming forever. up on tap? Actually, that I'd like to to share with everyone here is that November twenty eighth, the Islanders will be going into the Garden to play the New York Rangers. Going to have another viewing party at RJ Daniels before the Rangers game. Now, sadly, you will not be able to be with us. You will be covering the game. But Tony Stabile, old friend Tony Stabile, will fill in for Christian. We're going to have a good time. We'll miss you, buddy. Maybe we'll have you call in if you can. Sure. A little on-the-line session yeah. from the garden. On the line from Madison Square Garden. That's what I'm talking about. But, yes, we had a great time last week at RJ Daniels for the Islanders-Predators game. The little Halloween dress-up. Yeah. The Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> Pepper and Cotton. It was a good time. We appreciate everybody coming out. And we're going to be doing it all over again on Sunday, November 28th. Stay tuned for more details. Myself and Tony Stabile will be there. Showtime will probably be at 6 o'clock. I believe the game is at 8 o'clock. No, the game is at 6. I'm sorry. So I believe Showtime will be at 4. We'll straighten that out. We'll straighten that out. <laughs> but either way, November 28th, we'll be at RJ Daniels. Market on Pre-game show, viewing party, raffles, prizes, as always. Is that the Sunday after Thanksgiving? Time. Yes. Oh, okay. There you go. You yeah. can get away from your family that you've probably been around <laughs> way too long at that point. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but either way, it's going to be a great... Mike wants to know if he's going to be a guest on that show. I don't know, Mike. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll save that question. We'll save yeah. that answer for... We're, we're going to put that... Uh, we're going to throw that at the guest committee, and we'll, we'll have a chat about it. Yeah, we have meetings about the guests, yep. And we'll talk about it, and we'll, we'll see, Mike. We'll get back to you. We'll, Never uh, gotten an invite to this well, alleged committee. Well, sorry. But anyway... We'll see. But that's what's on tap. So, love buttons. That was What's on Tap. Brought to you by RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill. Yeah. So, (laughs) getting back to the main portion of the show here. You know what I wanted to talk about before we get into the hero, my friend? What's that? 
I want to talk about the youth movement that's been going on here on the island. Everybody talks about the average age of this team, all these old guys. You got Shari, you got Green. But then we got a couple of fellows named Anthony Beauvillier, Oliver Wallstrom, and Noah Dobson making things happen on the ice for the New York Islanders. So, yeah, they're up there in the average age department, but you talked very well about Anthony Beauvillier before. Nobson. Nobson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nobson. Let's make that a shirt. Noah Dobson and, of course, Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, he's, he's on, as I said on Twitter, on pace for over 50 goals, zero assists. I really <laughs> hope he makes that happen. That would be amazing. Right? I don't foresee that coming through. No, you got to figure one of his shots is going to deflect off of somebody or something like that, and he'll get an assist that way. <laughs> oh, wow. But we'll see if he actually has any like clean passes. Or the 50 goal thing that you mentioned there as well. Buddy, let's see what happens. He's playing well. I, I, it's very rare for a player to score 50 goals. No, I'm aware. I'm so, aware. But let's ride that to. wave while we can. Let's see what happens. I, but, but see, I want 50 and zero, though. Like, if he gets an assist tonight, <laughs> like, then 35 is fine. You know what I mean? Like, I want 50 and zero. That's. Uh, uh, what do you got? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Frustration. <laughs> Sadness for you. Um, no, I mean, Oliver Wallstrom has played phenomenally through the first um, eight, Absolutely. nine games of this season. Yeah. Uh, or even right from Jump Street, really. I mean, considering where things were when training camp was going on and sort of the concern there with, mm. with Oliver Wallstrom and how he was performing in training camp, I think the the turn the turntables have turned on him you could say that's not his phrase it's the turntables uh, it's, have turned it's, uh, it's just the tables not, it's a joke from the office you've clearly never seen the no office. they have turned tables i think that they it's it, you got it wrong it wasn't the exact quote <laughs> well i'm wrong. sure i'll be correct and and you well i mean you want accuracy on the show as you said before so if i you're said gonna, someone if you're, will correct me in the, well, the chat let's hope so but the point being get to it his game is progressively turned around, and he has been consistently yeah. one of the bright spots, even in the uh, the rough patches that the Islanders were going through early or early in the first couple of games. I, I keep saying early in the season. I mean, we're in it's still it's early. November eighth or seventh. Right. There's only been um, nine games. Chris. There's been nine games. Yeah. I need to Lots pump to the go. brakes on early and, yeah. and late in the season. Mm-hmm. Late in the season now. We're, <laughs> right. we're game nine. really hitting the the mid range here. Um, we're hitting the mid range of that first quarter of the season. <laughs> but the there point, you go. But um, I mean, he's been one of the the consistent marks for the Islanders he's been a guy that's that's putting up points he's played well he's noticeable most nights um you know he obviously has made some young rookie mistakes young mistakes the poorly timed penalties that happen especially yeah or, or, or the first couple games and um which is going to come with the, the territory but he's he's turned around his his game from training camp to now and he's been that consistent guy that's that's putting mm. shots on on net he's creating scoring opportunities and he's benefiting from the the play of JG Pajot and Zach Parisi. And aside from the goals and Jack Capuano fans are going to love this one. But oh, what God. I've liked most about oh, I know what you're going to Oliver Wallstrom so far oh, this God. season is his battle level. I mean, he's he's getting he's getting into the corners. He's fighting on the boards for loose pucks. Yeah. He's not just watching. He's getting involved. He's an active participant in the and game. It's, and it's paying off yeah. for him and his line mates. So hats off. Nine games in. Let's see if he can keep it going. 82 games is a lot. But so far, so good. Yeah. And maybe if he keeps trying hard, he will get an assist. Yeah. Even if it's a secondary. <laughs> you know? No, I'm going to keep my eyes on this until it happens. This he's is funny. His boss will get an assist oh. tonight. And, I and, hope he does. And then Nobson. Zach Parise. Yeah. Back in Minnesota. Let's get it. And then Nobson, he's been playing very well uh, defensively. I mean, there's Nobson. been mistakes. I'm, I'm doing it on a purpose cool. now. Cool. Um, there's been you know little mistakes <laughs> and little little errors and and uh, 
you know, I think his his game has progressed nicely, and I think it's benefited him too that he's back with Andy Green. Kind of what I was saying before that even if there was a Noah Dobson mistake, a Nobson mistake, if you will. Um, <laughs> let's make let's give this legs. Let's just do it, Nobson. Yeah, there sure. is someone back there to kind of bail him out with that experience that can do it, and I think that's part of the the kind of renaissance, if you will, that's gone on with his game this season early on. From where it was the first couple games when he was with the Zidane Char to after the looks good. the mid game shuffle in Chicago that Barry Trotz right. um, used to mm-hmm. to kind of reinvigorate the defense and, and maybe find a little bit more stability back there and, and putting um, Andy Green and Noah Dobson I think has really really benefited him and and kind of given him that stability he needs to be a little more confident in his game because. I think there is an element too. He's still young. He's still developing. Developing, even though he's been in the league now a couple seasons, that the the knowledge that you have a guy like Andy Green that's there to back you up and and can kind of make some of those 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 big big moments, uh, or or I should say, take away some of those mistakes mm-hmm. um, when they occur. I think kind of gives you a little more comfort to be the player that you are and go out there instead of maybe holding this, you know the stick a little bit tighter and then maybe not doing exactly what you normally do because of the, the guy next to you and you know there may may cost you or may put your, your team in a bad spot. Agreed, Christian. Well said. And we were getting... It really wasn't that well said. It wasn't, but, you know, I'm trying to be nice. But we have a demand from the man himself, Donnie Bagels, and I think it's a perfect time. What do you say we get to the Hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Hero of the Week? Half price hero. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to break, folks. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. folks. We're going to break people. Yeah, we're just going to break spirits <laughs> from here on out for the rest of the show. So, folks, again, want to thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY and for listening later on your favorite podcast provider. We'll take that break and then we'll be right back with the hero of the week. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. The only thing better than a great Long Island deli is a great Long Island deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes.
ladies and gentlemen, when you hear that song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, and that is none other than the Godfather with Cappy Ham, Genoa Salami, Pepperoni, Provolone, Lettuce and Tomato, Oil and Vinegar on a Hero. Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow. That's Tuesday through next Sunday where we'll announce a brand new... I said Tuesday, didn't I? Yeah. See, I'm like Ron Burgundy. If it's on the script, <laughs> I just read whatever's there. Starting tomorrow, Monday through next Sunday, get it for <laughs> half off. You fool. Mention Hockey Night in New York when you stop in a Blue Line Deli and Bagels and get half off the Godfather. So, Christian, who is it, man? Who's your hero of the week? I think it's safe to say people could figure it out. That is, of course, Brock Nelson. Five goals in two games. He has been on fire and really been the uh, the leader for the Islanders offense so far in the, in the past two games. Again, again, one game especially against a very good yep. Winnipeg team. I don't know why you're doing that. The song's over now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Brock Nelson for, I mean, I think just about every reason we've talked about already, he was, he was, he's really kind of turned his game around after, after a rough cur- first couple games where he only had a point through the first four. He's really come back and come alive. Seven goals now on the, on the season for the New York Islanders and leading the team in goals scored. I think he also leads the team in points, but I'd have to double check that as well. But Brock Nelson is my hero of the week. Five goals in two games. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's an NHL star when the league announces that tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow morning. I think that's a good point. Maybe him and Patrice Bergeron, who also had a four-goal night that yeah. night. I forget who they played, but I know he scored four goals against that team. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead well, and... Well, I thought d- you were going to start saying you're a hero. You're I am. I am right now, and I am going to go against were your you pick. expecting me to say... The team that Patrice Bergeron... I just in. wanted to see what you would say at all, and you failed. You said nothing. <laughs> well, and we move on. That's okay. So, hero, hero, okay. Christian Arnold's hero is Brock Nelson, everyone. And now I will give you mine, which of course is much better. Ilya Sorokin, two weeks in a row, gets the big shutout last night against Winnipeg, should have had the shutout the other night against Montreal. Montreal. The man has been a machine... And looks like he's finally got a well-deserved break tonight, so Varlamov can get in there. But Sorokin has been lights out. He is the hype. He has been living up to it. He has been fantastic since he came over, and he's only been getting better. Everybody thought he had a great year last year. He had a great series against the Penguins. Look what he's done so far in the beginning of this season. He is still young, 24, 25 years old. He is the future of this franchise between the pipes. And it gets better by the game. Ilya Sorokin, ladies and gentlemen, is your hero of the week from Shawnee Hockey. I mean, I think that's a great choice. It's between the two of them because they both have played phenomenally for for the Islanders. 26 years old, by the way, Sean. So you're a year uh, He looks young. Look, look at that baby face. That's at least 24 or 25. I know, but I'm telling you he's 26. And with T-Boyle, 13, six shutouts in 31 games and could have been like nine. Yeah. That's, that's like 33%. <laughs> Of all your games played. My goodness. Both players awesome. deserving of the nod. Absolutely. I agree with that. And of for course, sure. hit up Blue Line Deli for the half-price hero of the week, which is the Godfather. Cappy ham, Genoa salami, pepperoni, provolone, lettuce and tomato, oil and vinegar on a hero. Again, stop into BLD, mention HNINY, yep. and get half off the Godfather. So there you have it, folks. Your heroes of the week. That's right. That's right. 
So, we got anything else here? We want to go straight into questions brewing. What do you think, pal? I say let's go into those questions, my friend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, brand new segment brought to you by our friends Oyster Bay Brewing Company and the famed Barn Rocker, as you see on your screen right there. It looks delicious. I'm actually getting thirsty just <laughs> looking at it. But if I reach onto water. the screen, I, I can't. Have any, but maybe later. So, folks, questions brewing. It does Christian, seem good right now, actually. You scan the chat. You took a look. It looks like we got some great questions coming up. So, Christian, let's go. All right, Joey Pickles, thirty. Our inaugural questions brewing questionnaire, asking what's going to happen with Golishev. Is he going to leave to go back to the KHL? Well, we thought so well, a couple we're, weeks we're ago. Both idiots, apparently. Well, that nobody is debating that, Christian. <laughs> but yet they keep coming back. So we'll we'll take jokes. It. We appreciate on that. Them. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, we thought so a couple weeks ago. But not only is he still here, but he's tearing it up down with the Baby Islanders. That's right. I know he now. had a goal against. I'm not sure if he had a goal or two goals against the Hartford Wolfpack on Friday night. Um, he has been playing lights out. I know we talked about him when I went down there a couple. When I went up there, I should say Connecticut is north of Long Island, as is Bridgeport. Uh, when I went up to Connecticut to see the Baby Islanders play, uh, Golashev was one of the guys that absolutely stood out. And, and again, one of the things that's been noted by Barry Trotz when it was during training camp or mm-hmm. Brent Thompson during this course of the regular season for the Bridgeport Islanders has been just his ability to kind of show up and, and give it his all every day. Um, the work ethic that he's shown, and um, despite the language barrier, it seems that you know he's he's going in and showing up to work every day and, and giving a hundred percent. I think this is a guy that the Islanders are keeping an eye on now at this point because he made an impression with Barry Trotz, and you know he's continuing to play well at the AHL level. And I, I think that there's an opportunity here down the line, especially with how the Islanders have have used Kiefer Bellows and maybe their hesitancy to to put him in the lineup if, mm-hmm. if something goes wrong. Even when you look at Next season, where you're going to have some roster spots open, I'm looking at Zach Parisi's spot probably at least in the, in the early going. Could that be a spot for Golishev if he has a, if he has a, a strong regular season and continues to have a strong regu- regular season this year in the A, and then competes for a roster spot next year at the at the NHL level? I don't think that's out of the question. Would you be? I was going to ask you another question, but now that you brought up Parisi. Would you be entirely surprised if he was brought back again? No, next year? see that, but that's that's why I said Andy Green, right, right. But that's my point. That's yeah. kind of what I was saying too. Like mm-hmm. if if that spot's open uh, right yeah. now, I'm looking at is all right. Parisi's here for a year, and then we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But with that in mind, okay. then you have the opportunity if you're if you're goalish enough to look at that and go, hey, like if I compete well, I mean that could be a spot that's open, and we could we you know he could compete for it and and, and make a run for a roster spot at the NHL level. You know, I'd love to see him in two months from now and see if that, that consistency is maintaining and that work ethic and everything that's been going well through the first couple of weeks of the season down there, up there, continues a couple months from now when we're talking about the baby Islanders and, and where the development for some of those guys are. Um, because Simon Holmstrom, too, another kid that mm-hmm. um, has that NHL potential and the Islanders kind of view him higher up on the prospect pool, mm-hmm. could be another guy that's competing for a spot there. So there, there, it's an interesting take, but I don't, think right now he's going back to the KHL. I think the Islanders like Looks where his like development is. Um, I think the Islanders like where his development is and where it's going, and I think that he is, seems to be putting it all to make it to the NHL and compete um, in North America. Do they have Black Cherry Barn Rockers, Sean? I don't believe they do, but it's not a bad idea, Mike. Maybe we can pitch that to Oyster Bay Brewing Company. We'll see. We'll see. 
But to piggyback off of what you just said, you mentioned Kiefer Bellows. They have Ross Johnston. Yeah. Would you consider Galashev maybe the first call-up if injuries kind of go that way and they actually need a guy to come up? Do you think he might be the first man up? I think it'll be, be him between him and Holmstrom. I think yeah. it'll depend on on kind of the way the Islanders kind of approach everything. It'll be opponent and matchup and, and all these different factors that go into some of these decisions. But I think he'd definitely be on the short list of guys that could come up and come up pretty quickly. I know Goloshev also doesn't need to go through waivers, so that could be a, a big bonus too for the Islanders. Yeah, for sure. So next question, what do you got? Well, question brewing coming from T-Boyle13. And I think we kind of answered this, but I'll ask you anyway, Shawnee. Okay. Um, and I'll give my take as well. Do you see either Nelson or Wallstrom scoring 50 goals this season? As much as I'm in love with the idea of the 50 goals, zero assists achievement for <laughs> Oliver Wallstrom. The most ridiculous thing I've heard in some time. I am rather ridiculous, Christian. If you haven't learned that already, you will soon. But anyway. Clown is more like it. But Clown, you say. Interesting. Well, anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think either one of them are going to score 50 goals. Uh, look, we noted that they're both on pace at the moment, which is fantastic. But there's a reason why we single out certain months for Brock Nelson <laughs> because he doesn't always carry those that performance into other months in the year. Now, obviously, we're getting excited about Brovember already, which is great. And he has become a more consistent player over, over the years. But look, as, as you said before, with all, all kidding aside, scoring 50 goals in this league is very tough, unless your name is Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl or something like that. But it, it's, right. it's an achievement that's really hard to come by. Now, if they stay, stay healthy and the team keeps playing at this level, at this 85% level throughout <laughs> the season, sure, can either one of them do it? Absolutely. They have the tools. They Probably two of the best shots on the team as, as far right as now, wrist shots, anyway, snapshots, yeah. right? I mean, these are guys that are usually money from from the slot outward, right? So is it possible? Sure. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but what a story, right? If 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 especially if Oliver Wallstrom did it, yeah, I hate you know? to, I hate to rain on the parade as well, but yeah. I, don't, I don't foresee that happening. I, I think as great as these guys are, I, I think they're still. Um, as, as Shawnee alluded to with Brock Nelson, the consistency has always been at, at certain points of the season, he's, he's firing all, all cylinders and some points of the season, um, you know, there's some, something to be, something to be had in his game. And I think that's something that we've, of speaking of consistency, I think we've seen that consistently down, um, the course of his career. So I don't, yeah. I don't see Brock Nelson scoring 50 goals. And I think is it 35 is possible. Yeah. That's I, I reasonable. Mean, I don't, I don't, 30. I don't think would be out of the question. Yeah. Oliver Wallstrom, I think, especially since he's still a young kid, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a young player at this point. Um, I, I think fifty goals is also asking a lot out of him. I think asking thirty goals would be asking a lot of him. If 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 he can hit the twenty twenty five goal point this year, I think that's a good development for where he should be at, and for the Islanders who are not a big goal scoring team right. to begin with. Yes, they put up a lot of goals last year at certain points of the season, but mm -hmm. really, you know, they're a team that's going to get down in the down in the dirt and win a game two one two nothing like we saw the other night. Well, the most exciting thing about Oliver Wallstrom is is that we previously talked about the prospect of him becoming that sniper right. for this team. And just and he's doing it. Exactly. He's like, what a, what an element, what a right. dynamic that would add to this team. Yeah, I remember very vividly saying it on the show, saying just how that's that one element this team has been missing for so long. It's always been goal, goals by committee, which is great, which is fine. Right. I have no problem with 20, 25 goal scorers being spread around the lineup. Great. But... 
through an 82 game season, you're going to have your highs and your lows, your ups and your downs, your cold streaks and whatnot. And, and, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have everybody scoring at a consistent pace throughout the season. A guy like Bavillier will put in five goals over seven games and then he'll go 10 games with, with a few assists. It just happens. So to have a guy like Wallstrom who can just have that, not only that quick release when he gets the puck in a, in a high danger area, but but the precision and the speed with which he puts that puck on net, the Islanders haven't had a guy like that in ages. Yeah. And to see it developing here in these first nine games is is exciting because we saw it spread out over a longer period of time previous to this season, but now with the start of an 82-game season, the way he's playing, it's really exciting that he may end up being that guy in-house. They don't even have to go out outside the roster, outside the organization to find somebody. He's there, and he could be your... And again, I mean this to, to kind of categorize him as opposed to compare him directly with these guys, but your Ovechkins, your Stamkos, your Hoffmans, your guys that are known as trigger men, your, your Tarasenkos in right. St. Louis, just a guy who you can rely on for goals, right? Because we know Matt Barzell, he's the superstar of the team, but he's, a, he's an assist man and, yeah. and a fantastic one at that. But they might have this guy who can be a top six guy who can just unload shots in the net and he's picking corners, and they're beautiful. That's great. I love it. Question Bruin, Sean. Yes. From M. O'Brien 1195. I know that guy. Question Bruin. Why doesn't Sean like green foods? Is this why? Well, Mike, of course. Of course it's Mike. Are we doing this? We're doing this. It's a question. It, uh, <laughs> and we answer uh, questions it's, on it's, this it's podcast. Not the, it's not the color. I just, I'm just not a big vegetable well, guy. I, I, I know I'm a 39-year-old boy. But uh, I just bo- never, really, on boy. never really grew out of my um my my lack of veggie phase. So I mean, I eat some. I mean, this is terrible that we're actually doing. Mike, Mike, I'm going to give you a stern talking to after the show. But uh, yeah, there you have it. I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. I was raised 100 percent Irish because I am 100 percent Irish. And, <laughs> you gave it away, uh, right? Was it the and, red and, beard? And, 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 and that's just uh, what my diet's been. So so thank you for wasting everyone's time, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> with my uh, dietary habits. Miller Media 22 asking, I have a question. Why is the season 82 games and not 84? Well, it used to be, and then they decided to take two games off the schedule. Why they made that decision, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's out there. And it's interesting because, look, the more games, the more money they make, the more fans they get into the stands. But I'm sure there's a very logical reason that you can find on a Wikipedia page. And I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but but seriously, I just don't know what the answer to that question is, why they went down from 84 to 82. But I do remember a time when it was 84. Question brewing yeah. from Mike4652Co. If Big Z gets sat down, who fills in? Well, you got to go with, with who's there with the team, and that's Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. So, I mean, are they going to call somebody up to – Leapfrog Sebastian Ajo? I don't think so. It would be Sebastian Ajo. And I think, yeah. too, Mike, to answer that question as well, I think that's why we've seen Zidane Chara in as consistently as we have. I, I mean, Barry Trotz loves to give his veterans the, the benefit of the doubt and um, you know play them over some of the younger players. But I think, too, there continues to be, unfortunately for Sebastian Ajo, the lack of of opportunity for him there, and, and I don't know if it's a lack of trust on, on on the coaching staff's part or what the what the reasoning behind it is, because I think Sebastian Ajo is a guy who deserves to get get a chance at the NHL level. And when we talk about some of the issues when it came to the transition game and when it comes to what Barry Trotz pinpoints as that next level for the Islanders, I think Ajo would be a big benefit for them in some of those little details that he, he focuses on on so much, but. You know, there might be something else that we're just not seeing as kind of layman to what's been going on with with Sedano Char or Sebastian Ajo's game that, you know, the 
Barry Trotsies or something like that. But at least from, you know, the 60,000 feet in the air view, I mean, that seems to be the issue. They're, they're, the Islanders seem to give the benefit of the doubt and the, and the opportunities to their veteran players. And yeah. for whatever reason, there just doesn't seem to be that trust in, in Ajo's game to go in there and, and, and be able to, to play well at the NHL level. I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I wish I did. I think I'd be you know, much richer and, and maybe have a better job. But um, I, I think that just seems to be the case right now. Yes, it does. And that doesn't just apply if Big Z goes down. That's if any defenseman goes down. Yeah. Sebastian Ajo is going to be your first guy in there. Yeah, That's why he's up with the team. He's skating. But man, he is a patient man. Sebastian um, he has is no, a patient I mean, man. He has no other choice, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. well, he um, could kick and scream and ask right, for a trade right. and true. all that, you know. But he's a patient dude. He's waiting it out. It. He's going to get a shot. There's no look. I, I'm not trying to put a ban omen on the team or anything, but I can't see this 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 six six defensemen staying healthy for 82 games. Somebody's oh yeah, going to no, get dinged up. Or or a guy like Chara might just need a rest or a, a view from the press box, as you say. Yeah, it happens every now and then. So, yeah, Sebastian Ajo is your man when a defenseman goes down. And now I'll throw in at you another one from M. O'Brien, 1195. I really appreciate you asking a hockey question this time. Well, there's one There's one above it, I thought. With oh, my apologies. Trotty A19, with yes. more money from Boychuk's rights traded, who do we get at the trade deadline, a lefty man or a sniper? It's going to be a defenseman. Yeah. I don't think it's – I think yeah. we kind of covered this, too, in our last question mm-hmm. about Wallstrom. Uh, I, I, at this point, I don't think the Islanders' offense is the is – the, the area that needs an upgrade. It's the defense. Very clearly the defense. We talked about the fact that Zidane Chara was not plan A. We don't know right. which letter he was, but he wasn't plan A, and I think Lou Lamarillo has some unfinished business from this offseason. He had to deal Letty, tying into salaries and the expansion and all that. He might have been gobbled up by by Seattle if, if, if they still had him on the roster. I think they, they made their own choice, right? They said, let's not give them the choice of Letty and Emily. Right. Let's, let's pick that for ourselves. So they dealt Letty off to Detroit. They allowed Seattle to take Eberle. And again, I think this is unfinished business. I think with this cap... Letty has two assists tonight, apparently, too. Way to go, buddy. Way to go. How about that? Him and Greiser holding it down up in Detroit. So, look, I, I, think, I think it's going to be a defenseman. I think that... You know, we were going to bring up the Boychuk trade. Uh, you know, I, I was surprised. I thought that he was just going to remain within the organization until his contract expired and then probably just get a job. That may still happen. Uh, Lemmerlo kind of said, yeah, the hey, doors, well, welcome back. The door's open. He's been up, right. in, he's up in Edmonton right. with his family and um, and all that. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if down the line, maybe next year or yeah. um, after that, he, he ends up in a, an organizational position, whether it be in New York on Long Island or I could easily see that being the case too in Boston where he, he is so loved sure. and of course. Um, revered. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the point, though, to answer your question, Trottier, is that deal was obviously done with, with an opportunity in mind down the line, whether that's sooner rather than later, whether at that at the trade deadline. Um, I know there's rumors swirling about, about Dermot up in Toronto and mm-hmm. how they could be looking to trade some of their defensemen. You Derm- actually had a piece on NYI Hockey Now talking about some that's potential right. defensemen they can um, acquire. You, so you can go up, up to New York, NYIHockeyNow.com and check it out. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the targets right now are defensemen, and that is because it's very evident to I think everybody of, of where the weakness is on this team, and um, I, I think it's sustainable now by the way they're playing and what they're doing. But in the long run, through an eighty-two game schedule, they need they need some help on the blue line. So that'll be their that'll be their uh, big area of need and what they'll address as we get closer to the deadline, whether that's, again, sooner or later. Yeah, and just another deadline. subtle, nice little move from Lamarillo where he takes advantage of this situation with Eichel in Buffalo, 
where he gets dealt out to Vegas, and Vegas is going to be nasty when that guy comes back healthy. Goodness gracious. But, you know, you have Buffalo who needs to be cap compliant on the low end. Remember those days, Islander fans? Tim Thomas? Yeah. Yeah. That was actually the first thing I thought of when that trade went through. I was like, oh, wow, I remember the day Tim Thomas got traded to the Islanders. And now instead the Islanders are, are, are on the other side of that coin where they're helping other teams that are at the basement and having struggles get themselves to the cap. So look, Lamarillo well, took it's advantage. a mutually beneficial thing. The Islanders no, get without million, question. They get roughly two million dollars in cap room now and it accrue well, to about ten. Well million that's what I'm saying. Deadline, yeah. Now instead of having that L T I R money, they can accrue that money, yeah. apparently up and up to ten million accrue. by the deadline. And that is a lot of money to be working with between now and then. And who knows, Trottier, maybe 19. Trottier nineteen. Maybe not only do they get a defense, but $10 million is a lot of space. Maybe you get something else, too. A sniper? Mm. I mean, you're going to have to give up assets for these guys. How many assets do the Islanders have? We've talked about that. But with that sort of cap room, we do know that Lou could add more than just one guy if and when the time comes. Finally, last question in Bruin from M. O'Brien1195. As of this moment in the season, who ends up with the with more starts, Sorokin or Varlamov? I still think it's going to be Semyon Varlamov if he's healthy mm-hmm. and he performs up to the level that we've come to expect mm-hmm. from him. I still think that Barry Trotz is going to be a guy who's going to want to rely on his veteran. But I believe, as we've said previously, as we've seen... Sorokin developing before our eyes here and really starting to, you know, clamp down on this goalie position here. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe the splits aren't as disparate as I thought they would have been, mm-hmm. whereas maybe a 60-40 split for Varlamov, and, and I think it's, it'll be much closer to 50-50 now. But if you want, you know, who do I think is going to have 42 as opposed to 40, right? you know, or whatever the case may be, I'm going to go with Varlamov there. As, again, assuming health. But look... Sorokin has been closing the gap a little quicker than I think we all expected, and that is nothing but a good thing. It, this is a fantastic problem to have. Yeah, I um, I actually think I'm going to go against you on this one. I think that uh, I think the plan originally was going to be that Sorokin, yeah. uh, that Varlamov was going to be mm-hmm. the go-to guy, the starter, the number one. But I I think after the first nine games that Sorokin has played. I think you're going to see a little bit of a change in the Islanders' goaltending strategy. And I, I think, at the end of the day, I think Sorokin's going to get the majority of the starts. I don't think it's going to be my much. When I say majority, I, I think I kind of agree with what Sean's saying, where the where it's going to be closer to 50-50 than yeah. the 60-40 that I thought we, we both kind of predicted at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year. A month ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I think that it'll be closer to that 50-50 split, but I think... It'll lean a little bit towards Ilya Sorokin. Look, not going to be surprised if that's the way it goes. It's that close now. Yeah. Right? He's, he's had a nine-game head start, right? So yes. it can very easily go that yes, way. Yes, he has. And, and Barry Trotz will ride the hot hand. Mm-hmm. So if, if when Sorokin comes back in, it'll be interesting to see what happens after tonight. If Varlamov wins tonight against Minnesota, then what does Barry Trotz do? That's my question, bro. <laughs> How about that? All right. Well, we'll see. Oh, you're not going to venture a guess? Um, No, because I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't think the Islanders really know. I think they okay. kind of take it a couple by days game. off between now. You're right, Jersey. right. There's there's some rest. There's there's um there's no bad option apparently. Thanks, Michael Bryan. He's 100 percent right. He's yelling it from the rooftops. Apparently. All caps. The rooftop of R.J. Daniels. Yes. So, folks, that was our first edition of Question Bruin. Questions Bruin, brought to you by our friends 
at Oyster Bay Brewing Company and, of course, the fabled Barn Rocker Session Ale. Thank you guys so much for throwing your questions at us. We really appreciate this. It's going to be a regular segment now on the show. So bring your questions. We'll have a great time with questions brewing. So Christian covered a lot of bases today. We had Bobby Nystrom on. He was fantastic. Debuted the new R.J. Daniels commercial, the new Oyster Bay Brewing commercial. Great stuff. Anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap it up? No, I think uh, think that's it. You're just hungry. You just want to eat. Well, it's also getting close to game time. It's getting a little close. 729, folks. Half hour. Warm-ups are coming soon. Isles Wild. It's going to be great. The land of 10,000 lakes. Yeah, you said that before. That's really good. You know, you're 10,000 lakes. So, folks, not 9,000. Want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And, of course, listening later on your favorite podcast providers. And a huge, huge thanks to Islander legend Bobby Nystrom. Fantastic. That was awesome. And, of course, folks, a huge thanks to our sponsors, RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the aisles when you can't make it to the game. And don't just go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late-night bar scene. They have it all. And, of course, a huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed here. And, of course, a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at ThaiTechnology.com for your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Three free months of service. And, of course, a welcome back and huge thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York. And get 15% off with promo code H-N-I-N-Y. Great stuff going on at Oyster Bay. So, huge thanks to you all once again for joining us. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. Remember, you can follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for Christian Arnold. My name is Sean Cuthbert. We have been Hockey Night in New York. Let's go Islanders. Beat the Wild. We'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> see ya.